millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speedster to run onto it. He might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. He takes the ladder option. Jermaine Asako will Broncos fans and welcome to the round four review slash round five preview episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How you going, Simo? Oh mate, absolutely top of the world. How about yourself? <laughs> mate, I'm absolutely loving life right now. It so, totally hasn't had a flow on effect into the rest of my personal life or anything. <laughs> like, totally, I'm totally fine. Like nothing, nothing's wrong at all, mate. Don't no, no nothing. You know, a wise man once said rugby league is now a shit game, and I didn't think it was right at the time, but turns out Buzz was right. <laughs> the wisest of men, some people might say. I mean, yeah, Buzz himself would say that. Yeah, he would. I mean, who, who could disagree with a man of such intellect, uh, intellect to uh, to call the AAF in America the New South Wales Cup of the NFL, that level of intellect? <laughs> but, but yeah, so he's a, he's a smart man. But yes, it is a shit game. Luckily... We have the Reds and the Lions, mate, because what what a pride of the state that is. 3-0 Lions, Reds and 3-3, three and three, which sounds terrible, mate. The Broncos would fucking pay some good money to be 3-3 three and three in two weeks. So, mate, the uh, Suns are even 2-1, and one and they should have... They could almost be 3-0 and oh too. Mate, meanwhile, Rugby League is dead in the state. What are we? It's like, if you, if you throw in the Titans and us, what were the Titans? Are, so, Titans are last, the Cowboys are second last, and we're, th- we're fourth last. <laughs> <laughs> They're forever a, in our shadow. Yeah, the state's got uh, what two two wins out of out of tw- uh, twelve games. So it's gone it's gone it's gone strong. Rugby league up north. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we love it. So uh, if you couldn't tell, this is going to be the depression episode of Broncos <laughs> Weekly. It's like our um, what would you say? It's like it's like our uh, My Chemical Romance album. It's going to be. It's going to be our version of that. <laughs> The only problem I have is if we go full-on depression with this and then we lose to the Tigers. Remember that game last season or the season before we lost to the Tigers? Yeah. And that that was our Hello Darkness, My Old Friend it was. song of, of that season. Are you saying we couldn't get lower? Because I think we can get lower. <laughs> that, that, that's, I'm saying that's the worry is if we, we go full-on now and then it just gets lower and lower. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's entirely possible. I wouldn't rule any of that out, mate. We've got, we've got plenty of depth 
to hit. <laughs> Plenty of lows. But, uh, but yeah, here we are. We haven't even got touch to talk about at the start to excite people because we're doing this on a Tuesday. We both play Wednesdays. I mean, I'll, re- I'll talk again about winning last week. <laughs> <laughs> Why, not? Why not? Well, how's the rest of your life going before we get into depressing Bronco- sorry, Broncos for about an hour? Um, I mean, just as bad. Work is like seven hours a day now. <laughs> Everything sucks. Um, I've literally spent all day of the last two days inside the prison up here testing concrete, so that's been an absolute blast. That sounds like fun, mate, in the prison testing concrete. <sighs> Insert yes. Matt Lodge joke. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I need, I need to find a new job or something. Yeah, hope work doesn't listen to this. <laughs> well, yeah, that, you hope this is getting played at the office, well, the prison tomorrow, not the <laughs> office. <laughs> Okay, well, let's, um, look, there's not really any news this week, but Pangai's suspension. All the other news is Broncos Crisis talk, so let's get straight into the review where we can talk Broncos Crisis for at least a solid seven or eight minutes before people turn off. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be like Bredo and Butsy will be the only ones left. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, and Billy Ace is a suck of a pain, so is Wally. They'll be here. They'll be here with us. <laughs> anyway... On to Thursday night uh, football. So last Thursday, the Sydney Roosters 36 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 4. Tries to whoever wanted them on the Roosters team, which happened to be Mitch Orbison wanted two of them. Ikevalo got one, Angus Crichton got one, Daniel Tupper got one, James Tedesco won, and Manu won. Littrell kicked three from seven, and uh, he got one penalty goal. And then for us, uh, Matt Gillett got the, the one solo try, and Asako missed the kick. In what I am certain, this is the worst loss of at least the last five years of the Broncos. I don't know about you, but that's, I'm certain on that. See, this is always my point, is every time a bad loss like this happens, everyone's like, this is the worst loss the Broncos have ever had forever. And I, I hate that point of view because it just seems very revisionist and recency biased, whatever. But like... This one. <laughs> this, this has to be the one. It has to be. I mean, the other bad losses we've had, like we had that, obviously we had the semi-final against the Dragons last year, but that was there was reasons for that. We had half our team out. There was that loss against Parramatta we all know of, like when we had, you know, when Parra came up on a Thursday, of course a bloody Thursday, and uh, they scored 54. But we scored 34 in that game still, though. And um, the 52, sorry, they scored. But in that game, there's a reason, because, you know, we still have, we have David Mead on a wing, uh, we have Thayday playing hooker with Ben Hunt off the bench. We've just lost Matt, Andrew McCulloch. Like, there's kind of things wrong with the team at that point. And we have that uh, Adam Blair offload for the first try. That was probably the previous worst loss of the last couple of years. And there was also that game where Nick Greener had to play on the wing when um, when uh, Corey Oates got injured against the Storm. But before yeah. that, like, those have reasons. This game was like, we walked into this game like, we're a red hot go here, mate. We've beaten the Roosters last two times. The team's full strength, bar Payne Haas, and this happened. We started really well too, like the first ten minutes. Yeah. I, yeah. I also I like looking back, I can't believe I even thought this for a second, but the very first kick they put in, Darius caught on the fall. Wow. And I, and I was like, he's back. Darius Boyd. <laughs> I was like, what a game it's going to be. Like, he's, I don't know, something's happened and he's going to be a good fullback for us. And then he put in the rest of his performance. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably our worst loss since. You remember that game against Penrith? We blew like a million points in like three minutes. In like 2014. Is that the one to Murray, to Murray Martin? No, not that one. That, 
that one was recent, more recent. That was a bad loss. But the one like 2014, I think it was. Remember, like Hodges had that kick charge down, and they scored again like five minutes later as well. No, oh, I was only ever a fan when Wayne Bennett was here. <laughs> but uh, God, I can't remember what year that one was in. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that, that feels like my probably last worst one. They were, they were early Griffin years, though, and also that game against the Roosters in 2014. If you remember, we were up. We, we had Jack Reed score in the 71st minute, Ben Hunt score in the 75th, and we're up. But we're up 20 to 10, 20 to sorry 26 to 20, I think, and the Roosters scored in the 79th and the 80th to win. <laughs> but even in those games, we at least turned up. Whereas this game, like mate, as you, I think what maybe the first seven or eight minutes we looked we looked pretty solid. And then it just went absolute shit. Yeah, I mean, because Oates almost scored that pass to him from Boyd. Like he yeah. almost scores there, and then it just everything went to rubbish. And isn't isn't those kind of plays? Isn't that not the definition of this current Broncos side? I mean, we, we talked about it a lot last year as well. But it's like we have these occasions where we're on the other team's line, we bomb a try, and then we can see it almost instantly off of it. What like we just. How do we let teams go up 100 metres so quickly, always? Or turn the ball back over? Like, I don't know if that set we dropped the bomb, but, mate, it just seems like we so often we'll bomb a try and be back defending our own try line 45 seconds later. Yeah, I know. It's just ridiculous. It is. Like, it, it, there's just so much stuff this, this team does is you wouldn't expect under eight to do stuff like errors and stuff like this but the the Broncos just happen to yeah <laughs> it's and like the a lot of a lot of that is just coming from your number one like it's I don't know if it's the most obvious the things he's doing like his errors but they're just so frustrating yeah we didn't have a set by the way in the first half between like the 12th minute and the 25th minute we didn't have the ball for that period because we didn't start a set we, dropped, we made some mistakes but like <laughs> yeah, just all roosters have the ball. Why not? Yeah, I mean the only bright light in all of this is like, is Latrell Mitchell the worst flat track bully in the NRL? This well, this track was as flat as it comes, and he still didn't turn up. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah. he was like the yeah, only I... player on, on the roosters side to lose their head-to-head matchup with the Broncos player on that day. He it was just him. It was like Stags outplayed him, and that was it. To be fair, Staggs is good. He is. But we have, he, we're one of those guys. We have to find a way to play him, but I don't know what that way is. I mean, Seabold, he's the, the Harvard brains man. I'm sure he can figure it out. Yeah. yeah, well, obviously I was at this game live because it was in Sydney. At a terrible stadium, by the way. But I know, like, at halftime, obviously I knew we were getting pounded. Obviously, I saw the scoreboard. I mean, it was the first, the most we'd been down, or what? Since the, it was a mostly down at halftime since Wayne left, the last game we were down by more than twenty at halftime was the last game pre Wayne, which we were down twenty four nil at halftime to the Cowboys in the twenty fourteen finals. Uh, anyway, we we came back to lose only thirty to twenty thirty two twenty in that game, but this game we're down twenty two nil at halftime. But then I looked up at like the stat screen at the stadium, and I was like, is something wrong? Because like we had three hundred fifty six meters at halftime, like that's like five sets. <laughs> We had 356 metres and 46 ball carries at halftime. We had, what we have, something like, it was 31 missed tackles to two. And I know missed tackles is an overrated stat, but 31 we missed in one half, they missed two. It was, like, 
it was just like unbelievable proportions. Possession was seventy percent to them, thirty percent to us. We completed only ten sets. Like it's just one of those games that everything in that first half we did wrong. After that first like seven minutes, like we couldn't complete a set, hold onto the ball, we couldn't catch a bloody kick, and then we couldn't defend our own goal line. It's just I don't know if we'll see. I know in our lifetime we'll definitely see worse Broncos games in full, but you'd be lucky, hard pressed to see a worse half of football. Yeah, it's just I don't know. How do you talk? Like, where do you start? <laughs> you don't. You start at number one and work your way down the you whole. Don't. Like, and it, you, you can skip stags, and that's about it. Yeah, I can't cop as well. Post game, there was Seabold said this, and it was one of the things I, I tuned into the press conference, and I was looking for some like this is one of those times I want one of those Ricky Stewart presses. You know, I've got seventeen blokes in there hurting. <laughs> oh, I've got seven. They're all hurting. Whatever. You go in there, and it was like. I don't know what it is, but it's a, we've got a weird arrogance. Like, firstly, we think we're better than we are, but secondly, we also think the Roosters are better than are. Which is like the excuse we made was like, "Oh, things didn't go our way. A few dumb mistakes. We got taught a lesson by the premiers." It's like, can can you stop acting like these premiers were amazing? Because we we beat these blokes twice last year. We probably would have beat them again if we played them in the finals because that's the record we had over them last year. And they were probably the worst areas in the NRL era. And all of a sudden, by like round four, the Broncos, who have high expectations, are copping out and like, well, we got taught a lesson by the Premiers. There's a reason we're the Premiers. It's like, fuck off, mate. You've, you guys are you're the Broncos. We have one of the best rosters on paper. I know it's not played on paper, but we have a fantastic roster. We have expectation. I won't cop any of that shit for any team we play. Oh, they're the Premiers for a reason. We're the fucking Broncos. It just reminds me a bit... When, like, I was an Arsenal fan for, like, three years, and then I got sick of soccer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it, it just wouldn't matter the form line of either of the teams or the players that played on the day or anything. It just... Arsenal would come up against Man United, and David Moyes is managing them, and Man United still win. Like, Arsenal just mentally mm-hmm. just could not get over Man United. They're like, yeah. nah, this, this team is way up here. They're amazing. They've beaten us for 38 years straight. And it just seems like the Broncos put, I'd say, the Storm as well. Those two teams up. Well, On a pedestal, mate. It definitely seems like that now. Like, Wayne Bennett didn't. It's one like, of, like, We it's beat like, the Roosters heaps. But doesn't every team try and challenge the Premiers? Not, oh, no, it's the Premiers. Like, the Bulldogs just... Like, the, so, the Storm aren't the Premiers, and the Bulldogs are a crap side, but at least they took it to the Storm this weekend. Only lost by two, and they showed some effort. effort. We looked like once the Roosters scored two tries, like, we thought, well, fuck, when is a full-time whistle? Can we get out of here already? Can we try to get Lachlan Lewis on, like, an uncle-nephew deal to the Broncos? Yeah, God, no, all we needed but... someone just kick the ball. Just do the kicking. <laughs> Just be like a father-son pick in a draft or something like that. You know, I'm sure we can. There's some rule we can get him up, and replace Nicarima. Yeah, and I know we don't like overreacting, but we might be overreacting right now. But me and you have underreacted for a long time. We've shown patience with this squad. You know, we've preached patience with this squad on to the fans. We've preached patience with Boyd and McCulloch and those guys, and we never preached patience with Nicarima. But hasn't fucking Darius Boyd kicked this in the fucking dick? <laughs> <laughs> Just over and over uh, again, pounding my nutsack in this game. Yeah. It's... The, the one, this was the most frustrating. I, I wanted to throw something at my TV, except it cost way too much to break. But <laughs> That's why you throw something Conklin... at your wife, isn't it? <laughs> Is that how this works? At least that, remember there's she's like... A, she's <laughs> in the other room. Um, <laughs> but, so Kronk goes for a 40-20 kick. 
Oh. And the the whole time, I think you know the kick I'm talking about. Yes. But the whole time, it bounces down the field, rolls. Oates comes sprinting back, runs like 40, 50 metres, picks the ball up and starts running up the field. And the whole time, on a wide camera angle, Boyd isn't on the shot once. <laughs> like, where are you? Right. <laughs> He is, I said this last night on Boom Rookies, but it's, he's the reverse Billy Slater now. Like how, how Billy Slater had a positive magnet on his chest for the footy. <laughs> the footy has a negative magnet and Darius Boyd has a negative magnet on his chest. He just devoids it at all costs. And it make, it's and people are wondering why Oates and Asako are under pressure and how Asako is, you know, looks like he's under pressure. It's because they're doing all the work of, of, of three men. Like the last kick they put up for that stupid try they scored, Corey Oates ran like 70 metres to compete for it. Like, he went from the other wing to just do this, have a ridiculous temper trying to die, jump and catch it at full pelt because Darius Boyd decided to watch it happen above him. So, oh yeah, someone else will get that. It's like, he's just watching those guys and then throwing them out to the wolves. Like, obviously they're going to make mistakes when they they have to, you know, they're, they're, they're always chasing their own tails, those two. Like, Oates is always seems to be running to catch bombs that Darius Boyd's not interested in. And then Sarko puts himself under pressure as well. And the other instances too, like, Oates finishes game with six errors and about four of them are Boyd's fault. <laughs> but on Oates' stat sheet, like he threw those te- two terrible passes to him. He also made him come across and take that last bomb. The only one Oates really did on his own was that one where he dropped him to play the ball. I'll tell you what, the way Boyd can shy away from some work, he's definitely got a bright future as a council worker up here. He does, mate. He does. <laughs> Stand at the back, point at the other blokes. Yeah, mate. Yeah, you've got that. Yeah, like, lean on a, Do some leaning on a shovel. Yeah. And I don't care what how baby boomer this take is or how yadar this take is, you'd say, but, like, how you can follow this guy as your leader is beyond me, mate. How you can watch him do that and accept your captain playing like he is. Like, the the one time he couldn't fall for a dummy because Tedesco was one-on-one with him, he looks at the referee for something just to avoid making contact again. I don't know how you can look at this guy and be inspired by him and how he can possibly remain the club captain this year, like... I don't know how he's somehow he's still in first grade. Honestly, I'm just I'm done with him. I don't care. He shouldn't even be in the side at all. If you don't put in on a basic level, you don't put your body on the line. You shouldn't be in the first grade team. I honestly don't get how he still is in the team. Like new coach coming in, Seabold. What does Seabold owe him? He doesn't owe him anything. Captain or not, mate, doesn't matter if the bloody captain. The captain's yeah. supposed to put in. Yeah, so like if you don't know the bloke, and if he's playing crap, just dump him. It's not that hard. Like you don't have to be his best mate. Yeah, and I'm hoping the long turnaround this week might lead to some change. I've got a 10-day turnaround after Thursday, so they must be, might, maybe they might think they'll change something then. But, you know, if he puts this kind of stuff up again another week, I don't even know how he's lasted this week. It's just not good enough by anyone in first grade. Form, confidence, whatever it is, it's not good enough. There's just no excuse for how he's, what he's doing. And, and, and there's, no, there's no surprise that when you have him playing like he is and then you have McCulloch playing like a busted ass as well, that perhaps the young fellas aren't that inspired either. On, like, people say about, you know, he'd be fullback if you move him and the Sarko, and then everyone's like, oh, but he's played terrible this year, whatever. At least he tries, mate. But I don't even think he's been that bad. Like, did we cover this already last week? He he has dropped some bombs. He has. And every winger goes to a period in their career, they'll drop some bombs for a few weeks. It happens. Happens at the start of the year, too. It's fine. He's still putting in, still running back hard, isn't he? Yeah, I, I just I don't think he's actually been as bad as everyone's thinking. Like most of his bad play from the Cowboys game was his conversions, which obviously didn't cost us. Yeah, and then in round three was I, I don't know. I thought most of it was after he got knocked out and probably shouldn't have even been on the field. 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, in, in this game as well, we mentioned it on the, in the preview, but, like, they're going to target him with Daniel Tupo, but the, there's one thing Tupo's good at is competing in the air, and if you're expecting Sarko to, to win that aerial battle with Tupo on a consistent basis, well, your expectations are wrong. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, just, it, he hasn't been that bad, and it's... Get him at fullback, give him some energy. Let's see what happens if you get him. You're getting more involved in the ball because not even is it the Darius boy killing us in defence with with his you know his <laughs> lack of doing anything at all, and our set starts are terrible because of him as well. We're not starting anything on the front foot. We're seeing to start every set that he receives the ball in in our own ten, but his work and attack is disgraceful as well. He wants to run his sweet plays all the time, which aren't working anyway, and they're not, they're not done with any any speed to them. So by the time he gets to throwing it to Oates, which he'll do every time, he's not even bothering to take the right option anymore. He'll throw it to Oates, God forbid he gets tackled. They're not even working anymore. But the rest of the time, he's not doing anything either. He doesn't support to the middle at all. Like There's so many times you'll see one of our one of our fellas look for an offload, and there's nobody near, near, near them. There's nobody supporting them. Like, even if you look back at the Tom Flegler break he made a few weeks ago, in Darius Boyd is standing that whole break. He watches the break happen, stands still and watches it. If you're the fullback, you should be on your bloody bike all the time. It's up to pushing support up the middle. You watch, you know, the Tom Travoyevichs of the world, the James Tedesco's of the world. The, those guys, it's their bread and butter, mate. They, they, they are lurking opportunities all the time. Boyd wants to stand there and wait to do his plays and do it play how he wants to play, it seems, at the moment. And it's not doing what the team, the team needs. And then you wonder why guys like Milford look worse when they're doing things on their own when they've got no support players. Or Nick Ream looks worse on his side. Well, it's because the guys around them are also playing like busted asses. Nah. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, you know, Manly aren't a good football side, right? But you look at what happens when Manly make a line break, and there's like 17 Dvorovic brothers and a Cherry Evans in support. It feels like... <laughs> One of them comes off the bench. Yeah, mate. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the young Ben Dvorovic is 17 run on the field. Like, you watch, any time there's a heartbreak on, you'll see DCE pushes through the middle, Tommy Turbo pushes through the middle, and Appy Corosa pushes through the middle. And we have both McCulloch and Boyd not doing that. And if, and if anything, Milford's the one making the half break. We end up what we happened with the, the one Shibasaki drop this week. He made a half break, cut back infield. No one was infield. So he had a, did a weird outside of the foot kick to the left. And whilst it worked out, Shibasaki bombed it. Where the fuck is someone to pass to? It's like if Jimmy the Jet... If the break doesn't make, happen where Jimmy the Jet is, it's just we're not going to score for line break at the moment, it feels like. Yeah, it looks very Cowboys. It does look very Cowboys. The, and that's it. It's all the effort plays. Like, Seabold talks about he's, he's all big on effort plays. The effort plays aren't there, mate. The effort plays are, is that kind of stuff. Supporting or, or running decoys or, you know, doing the things at the back that Darius Boyd isn't doing, carting it out of your end. That's not there at the moment. And and even the things like, you, if you saw Tedesco's, sorry, Tedesco's try, people were blaming Joe O, but he's like the fourth person to blame. He's the only guy actually tried to tackle Tedesco. You had, you had Andrew McCulloch literally stand still and watch him run past him. If you watch the replay that again, McCulloch is doing the same thing Boyd does. And then you have the other one, Mitch Orbison scores his try, and that fraud Jaden Sewer just gets stepped by Mitch Orbison in the middle of the field, watches Mitch Orbison step by him. Like, the effort play isn't there. And if you've got no effort, this is the thing, people preach patience all they fucking want, but I'm not stupid. You're not stupid, mate. Like, there is more to the footy than the result, and this result reflects the performance. 36 to 4 probably flattered us, mate. We could have been done by more than this. There was, there's nothing on the field currently, and this goes for last week as well when we got lucky and got back in the game, and it goes for pretty much the other two games without, without Topangai, how he played in round two. There's no effort there. Yeah. <laughs> it's and just it not good enough. Like, this week, we'll get to it in a minute, but yeah. this Thursday, you can guarantee Tigers are going to put in effort, and you might look at the paper and be like, people 
well, you know, Broncos fans, we like our side, you like a lot of the players, and you might go through there and think we've got a better team, but if we try like this, you, we'll win four games all year. Yeah, so if you want to compare it to Seabold last year, people seem to want to be comparing this this else to, you know, the be patient, Seabold took a few rounds last year, all that bullshit. So last year, South, they lost their first game to the to the Warriors, they lost 20-32, to 32, but again, they scored 20 points, they looked okay. The next game, they lost to Penrith, 18-14. to 14. They weren't blown off the park. They hung in the game, and there was already starting to see some signs there. And on my other podcast, NRL Boom Rookies, you had Bungard, who's a South fan, saying, "Yeah, I think we're, we're playing all right now. It looks pretty good, right?" And then round three, they blew Manly apart, thirty-four to six. Round four, they won twenty to sixteen over Bulldogs. And then in round six, five, they played the Dragons, who at that time were undefeated, if we all, if we all remember. And they pushed them right to the end. They they lost sixteen to twelve. But they push them to the end. It's not what we saw last night. It's not, oh, we patient with Seabold. The, the methods are working. They're not fucking working. And then round six last year, they, they beat the Roosters 26-14. to 14, And then they beat the Raiders. And then they went and run pretty much from there. They lost to us and didn't lose like, for another 15 weeks. But they were, there were signs in the building. There wasn't just, oh, be patient because methods take time, which we're being asked to do. We're being asked to do. Yeah, Chris Gary can just shut up. He can, mate. I, and, like, it's... Again, rugby league is not a fucking Harvard game. It's a TAFE game, mate. What are these, like, crazy changes that Anthony Seabold's doing that's, like, blowing the players' minds that they can't figure out? Mate? It's not a genius's game. There's no X's and O's, mate. <laughs> what, what, what's the genius thing that's going to all of a sudden make the players engage, like, da- make Darius Boy put in or make McCulloch put in for 80 minutes? What's going ha- to make that happen? I- Oh, you know, you got to think, well, you got to be impatient, you know. You never know what's going to happen. Seabold's going to do this, X, Y, Z, whatever. Bang, and Broncos are going to be awesome in week seven. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold. <laughs> I know, that's it. And then, uh... the, and then after this game, like, this is one of those games, and this is why it was frustrating to me. We lost it in ways you don't usually lose anymore, forget me. Like, most of the times we lose, you can point, oh, look, we, we had edge, leaky edge defense through Mikarima and Milford, or, you know, the forwards didn't aim up, X, whatever you can say. But people are looking and saying the young forwards didn't play well in this game. It's like, mate, they didn't have the opportunity to play in this game. Like, we turned the ball over for, like, the entire first half. We lost the game before they got into it, and they were working so hard, and D, they got stomped then. But then also, they didn't actually score through Nicarima in this game. They'd won through Milford, and that was pretty much Darius Boyd's fault anyway. Milford made the contact, and Boyd didn't come in as a third man. But they didn't score through Nick Reamer in this. They found different ways. Of, we found different ways to lose, which is really fun. Well, <laughs> it's good to change it up. You know, you don't want to do things the same way all the time, you know. You don't. And if there's going to be any positives from this game, firstly, it's uh, Tony Stagg's performance. Unlucky to not have a try, but what a surprise when a fullback puts in and, and, and does play the last on defence. Occasionally, they save tries like Tedesco did on, on Stagg's there. What a shock. He, he can hold his head up high. I thought Jack Bird was still decent as well. But then Matt Gillett on the edge, I mean... We've been, you know, kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say we don't. We don't. We're not his biggest fans, but we've always been ones to calm down the narrative on him about how he's the world's greatest forward, all that kind of crap. But he's like the one only only showing lights in this game. He went back on that edge, looked after Cody, and got got stuck in. I thought. I thought he had a solid game, but still had a million other issues <laughs> seem to resolve in this team. Honestly, the only positive in this game is that it finished. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I thought, you know, we've been there, mate. We've seen some bad losses. I thought when this game finished, maybe the next day I'd feel better about it. I was talking to our good friend NRL Physio at the game, blowing a a gasket. I thought I'd feel better the next day, and I didn't. In fact, I felt worse. I went to to work. I couldn't see the Shibasaki uh, put down from where I was at the stadium because the view's so terrible at the SCG. And I literally 
put the replay on the next morning at work. First thing I did when I got in, and literally I screamed and threw my headphones in the head in an office. Everyone just looked at me. I went ah fuck and threw my headphones at the, t- at, the at my screen. It was just uh, that bad. But you know, it's just like didn't didn't get uh, any better the next day. And then you know what? Still not good. Saturday or Sunday or Monday or today. Still got the shits. <laughs> Yeah, I'm honest. Like you said, I usually get over them pretty quickly, and the next day I'm fine. But I'm just Darius Boyd is just making me mad still. He is like me and you were able to come on here last year and just laugh when the Bulldogs beat us. <laughs> you know, we just some week, some weeks things just don't go your way, and you can just laugh. You like you know some whack shit happens, but the Roosters weren't even particularly good. They just kicked to the corners, and then we dropped the ball and they scored. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I hope we can do that again. Yeah, and like this, the, and the lazy cop outs of now everything's also Milford's fault again as well. That's great, isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I know, I'm mate. Out. It is. It's just that the, the 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 level of moron to blame Milford for everything. I don't know. It's like you look at the similar halves of of, his, of our lifetime to him. I mean, obviously these guys matured in their late twenties and their game changed. But you look at guys like Benji. And, and Sean Johnson, you know, who made their bread and uh, made their career on, on being ball running, runners and second ball handlers. Like, their whole career was about pretty much finding them a halfback. You know, it was like, Benji was like, once he lost Scott Prince, they were looking for a halfback. Then they got Robert Louis, but Robert Louis did what he did, and he went, and they were looking for a halfback. Where's Benji's halfback? Benji needs a halfback to steer, he needs a halfback to do X, Y, Z. People were happy with that. They could see that. And Sean Johnson, same thing. Once he, when he lost Chad Townsend, he had Maloney for a while before that, but then he got, had Chad, and he lost Chad. It's like, get him a, get him a ball handler, like, get him Blake Green. You know, everyone could buy into that. But with Anthony Milford, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's it's like, Shane Perry. We need Shane Perry. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> even guys, you know, even a bull-dominant guy like Jonathan Thurston has spent his whole career needing other guys. Yeah, well, he achieved nothing at all until he had, like... A ridiculous forward pack and Michael Morgan there, and also Lachlan Coote was good that year. Yep, yeah, and then somehow you've got to have Anthony Milford supposed to be great when he's got a shit version of himself playing in the halves with him, and then he's got McCulloch throwing the ball behind him every fifth tackle the whole game and being gassed for the last 60 minutes, and then you've got Darius Boyd at fullback. Apparently, he's supposed to just somehow work with that and crack games open on himself and turn the game on his own as if, like, that's the player he is. And what an absolute shock that the quiet guy who moved back to Brisbane to live in his parents' basement isn't a vocal leader of men. What a bloody shock. I'm stunned. Yeah, i speechless. Yeah, like, whatever. The failure is what we put around him, not him. Okay. <laughs> any, more, any more rants of this game to join me in, Simo, or just going to be me going to keep yelling at people? <laughs> um, I actually went through and got some match thoughts out from Facebook and Twitter. Are we actually doing that now? Yeah, well... A lot of it is just sack boyed, so uh, there's like 130 comments on Facebook. Yeah, look, those those comments are uh, apt and accurate. We'll allow them this week. Yeah, but I'm not reading out 120 of them. Um, <laughs> I've just got like 10 or so here. Yeah. Uh, from Shane, he said, I'm not as doom and gloom as others. Some of the comments here are way over the top and reek of revisionist history. Seabold will take some time and the East Young Broncos take some time. Overall, there were positives, but too many players were trying to make plays happen when it wasn't necessary. I think after a tough start to the season, if we can get a few wins and confidence grows, the season will be back on track. We'll love reviewing this thread if the tides turn and ask some of the commenters how the, well their comment has aged. No, mate, go ahead. Don't think anything, anything anybody said wrong about this game was wrong about this game. <laughs> just, it was disgraceful. 
um, from Andrew. He said, my thoughts, it was shit and my heart hurts. I miss Wayne and I miss Friday night games. <laughs> well done, Andrew. Um, hasn't people's opinion on Wayne, like Broncos fans' opinion on Wayne, changed within like a week or two? Isn't it great? Oh, wait, maybe getting rid of the greatest coach of all time wasn't a great decision. Whoops. Couldn't have predicted that. Yeah, who knew that, you know, a great coach is good to have in your side. And I'm still backing Seabold, by the way. I'm still trying to back him. It wasn't changed this week, but it's like, we gave a guy who'd done good for 18 weeks a five-year deal. I don't care what where you come from, that's not a smart decision. It's not, like, obviously, yeah, I want Seabold to do well because that means the Broncos are doing well. Mm. But just right now, I'm calling it like I see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Andrew, I just included this because I actually it would be interesting. But he said, "What did they actually do in preseason? Apart Mate, from play with soapy balls, <laughs> they bought their own hype, didn't they? Somebody bought their hype. How good? The preseason was great. We were fantastic in preseason, weren't we, mate? We heard everything about it. Seabold's the greatest of everything. They're using soap at training. They're doing. Oh, everyone's the fittest ever. Darius Boyd, the fastest he's ever been. Everyone's fitter than ever. And yeah, that's been good." <laughs> Is it just that if they are training at 125%, they actually only did 75% of a preseason because they got through it faster? So they just like, <laughs> the, the fitness isn't quite there. Maybe that. Hasn't that become a meme now, has it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's a dumb comment. Like, oh, it yeah, is. we're training training hard, guys. We're mate, really putting fi- in the effort. Yeah, no, no the other 15 teams yeah. aren't, no. <laughs> they haven't figured <laughs> it out, just, mate. They're just having some skewies on a Tuesday afternoon down the local. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, from Hayden I included this because I think we've talked a bit about Milford lately but when will Milf be full back he's been shit since he started pretending to be a 5'8 so I just wanted to get your thoughts on this okay I mean (laughs) pretending to be a 5'8 well he was we've been through this 2015 grand final was the best player on the field and in 2016 at 5'8 if you go back now, it's pretty easy. Just literally Google Anthony Milford 2016 best and you'll find multiple articles from media who are Sydney-based as well who think he's the best player in the game in 2016. There's a top 50 article that Fox Sports did that ranked Milford the best player in the game that year. And I'm not saying he's going to ever go back to that player and I'm not saying that he can't go back to fullback in the future. But right now, it's like, how does that solve anything? What does that solve? He moves to fullback... And then we have a massive, we have a hole in the halves again. It's like, what's the resolution there? And then if he goes at the fullback, well, he honestly, he, he's probably a little over, overweight to play in the halves. For the fullback, he hasn't got it to play there, mate. He needs to drop five kilos to play fullback. Is that going to happen by next, by Thursday night? And then again, he goes there, and we do what in the halves? We, yeah, you, you nick Arima still, and then you bring in like maybe O'Sullivan. Yeah, it's the same stupidity that when like the when the Knights moved Ponga to six, like, oh, the answer to everything is Ponga to six. And then they firstly didn't think about the replacement. And then what a shock, he wasn't better there anyway. It's like, it's, you're a worse team with Connor Watson at fullback. It's that simple. And, we, and even if Milford went to fullback and was good there, without having a, an apt replacement in the halves, it's not going to be an improvement. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, righto. From James K underscore 1312. I'm choosing to lean on a positive, and surely changes are coming after that shit show. We can't go into next week with the same lineup. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Got news for you, James. 
Sorry, mate. Paddy Carrigan's debuting. He's going to save us all. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah. That's what needs to be said on that one. Uh, from James Grahams, 23. About time we find out how good this coach of ours supposedly is because he's done nothing so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, McFlavor, seven. What's with Shibasaki? He's been too lazy to ground the ball, to go to ground to score his first ever try in the NRL, instead trying to show Bodie pick up and bombing a certain try. F off back to Reggie's with that shit, mate. Yeah. Go, man, go to Manly. <laughs> Fucking pearl diver. <laughs> uh, from Pythago NRL, I hope Darius likes the Central Highlands because that's where he should be captaining the Capras next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to say, we don't want him here either. <laughs> That's Dave Taylor country, baby. <laughs> yeah. He can get dropped and play for Rockhampton Brothers or something. Mm. Uh, OG underscore 1886. Who gets better at their job first, Boyd, Nicarima, or Seabold? Seabold. Seabold, definitely. Yeah, well, it's probably easier to get better as a coach. With a player, you're only really going to go one way once you, you know, yeah, I mean, you're old enough. Yeah, Darius Boyd's not going anywhere. He's what, four games off 300 games, and he's in, he's 31, 32. He is not getting better anytime soon. You reckon Seabold could just be waiting for 300? I don't know, but even then, it's like, who cares? <laughs> like, you know, the Tigers stabbed Robbie in the back before he got to 300. <laughs> yeah, I know, but not everyone's going to do that. Yeah, I know. I, I could definitely know. see, like, Rabbitohs waited until Merritt got his try-scoring record before they sacked him. And they did. You're right. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I mean, trying level. to come what up with any options. Uh, I me. can't take this podcast. Will be finished if Darius Boyd <laughs> plays four more games at full wag. Yeah. Uh, right. That's all of them anyway. Okay. Good. Good. That's okay. Well, <laughs> let's get on to the uh, the really positive preview we're about to do now. <laughs> Which I'm sure won't be just a consistent whinge further about how much we suck. About <laughs> Darius Boyd. <laughs> okay. So, another beautiful Thursday night footy game. We love those. Thursdays are the best. Anyway, the, uh, the Brisbane Broncos take on the West Tigers at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, history between the clubs. We've got a pretty dominant record. I think it's one of the best in the league. But 21 wins, 5 losses and 2 draws over the West Tigers. And... Uh, Won the last two. We did lose that game in 2016, though, with a Mitch Moses field goal. But, yeah, do that team list before me, will you, Simo? Rightio, at fullback, we've got a training cone. On the left wing, we've got Corey <laughs> Oates and Jack Bird. Over on the right, Katoni Staggs and Jermaine Asako. Anthony Milford, 5'8", and Cody Nicarima at halfback. Uh, the forwards, Matt Lodge, Joe Offahengawi, Andrew McCulloch, uh, Alex Glenn, Matchelet in the second row, and Fafida at lock. Interchange of Jermat Shibasaki, Jaden Sua, Thomas Flegler, and Patrick Carrigan. Reserves, Payne Haas, Sean Fenton, James Roberts is named, and Richard Kenner. Okay, over at the Tigers' side, uh, Moses Zembai at fullback. Uh, you should have on the left wing Corey Thompson with Robert Jennings at left centre. Uh, on the right-hand side, Esson Masters with Mahi Fenua on the wing. Uh, the halves, Josh Reynolds and Luke Brooks. In the forward pack, Russell Pack has been promoted to starting with Alex Twall in the front row, Robbie Farrell at hooker. The back row, Ryan Madison lining up on the right, uh, Luke Gunn on the left, and Josh Allier promoted to starting a lock. Look at that, promoting players performing. Mm-hmm. 
interesting tactics from match and dropping on the ball. But anyway, on the bench, Ben Madalino, Thomas Bukele, uh, Matt Eisenhuth and Michael Cheekham. In the reserves, Paul Momorowski, Elijah Taylor, who's been dropped, uh, David Ofaluma potentially to play on the right wing, and Chris McQueen. So tell you what, how about some balls from this match fella actually changing his lineup? That's interesting. Yeah, I'm just a bit... What's this drop thing? Can you <laughs> explain this to me. Yeah, I don't Actually, know. to be fair, Darius knows all about that. He does. He knows all about him and how to avoid him too. <laughs> Mate, but, uh, yeah, Savas, Peter Pangai Jr. suspended for that hit on Kronk. And obviously, I, I, I think the club should have challenged that, by the way. Not that I, th- I think what he did deserves suspension, but the difference is I don't think what he did has been suspended in the past. I feel like if they challenged that and went with the similar contacts and similar cases, he, he would get off. But yeah, they took the two games. Yeah, I mean, I said, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I was happy enough for it to be a penalty, but I thought it was borderline fine. Like, it obviously was a little late, but a split second he holds that ball longer and it's perfectly fine. Like, I thought it wasn't that bad, really. Yeah. And then obviously, old mate went and compared it with that Maguire one, which everyone loved, and it's like identical time. Like, obviously, yeah. Maguire's a bit more front on, but yeah. It's not as late as people thought it was. I mean, I was on Twitter at the time and there was like a thousand tweets in half a minute of just everyone blowing up and I was like, oh, just calm down. Like, it's not that bad. Yeah, and I'm telling you, well, at the stadium, mate, you know it wasn't late when the state crowd didn't even boo. People didn't notice it. Like, you know, late hits usually get that crowd goes nuts. People didn't even notice yeah. it, so it wasn't well, that to late. to be fair, they were half a kilometre away from the True. field, so. <laughs> there was nobody sitting on the ground, like in the middle of the stadium. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for us, we've obviously got Paddy Carrigan named to debut, who is a former under-20s captain for us and a former under-20s Queensland captain and a, and a junior schoolboy. Uh, been a bit of a slow burn for him to get his debut, even though he's only 21. Just um, it, it felt like a couple of years ago people were talking about him as the next guy to get in, you know, get his shot, but Payne Haas and Flegler and Fafida and Sewell all seem to get ahead of him, but... You know, he, he's kind of, for me, he's a bit of a gyro type in terms of he just slogs his guts out. Not particularly of the same level of talent as, you know, your Fafitas or your Haases or your Fleglers, but probably earn his debut on work ethic, so keen on that. And also, Payne Haas is in the 18, but from Anthony Seabold's press conference last week, he did mention he'd be straight back in the 17, and reports over the weekend from Pete Bedell was that Jaden Sewell was getting dropped, so probably expect on on the match day to at least have that change of Harsin and Sewer out. Um, and potentially another change. I mean, I'm not against Fafita at Lockhock. Everyone else is going nuts about it because there's not as many options for us to put there currently. But I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we had a shuffle that Fafita was hit the bench and one of one of numerous players went to Lock. And potentially, you know, maybe Joe O goes to Lock and Flegler or Sewer starts... Sorry, not Sewer, or Flegler or Haas or Carrigan starts. Potentially Carrigan starts at lock. Potentially, really, left left field thing would be put Jack Bird at lock and start James Roberts. You know, been playing Bird in the middle for, for sporadic periods in, in games as is. So I'm not sure if it will start there. But yeah, it looks like we'll have a few changes at least, but not the big ones fans are looking for in Cody Nicarima or Darius Boyd. Yeah, I mean, so we're all just cheering on a Boyd shocker, right? It's one of those things, mate. Like, is that not better for the team's future? It sounds terrible, but it's like lose your way into better results for the long way, or, or even have him play terribly and somehow win into a better future. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like we've obviously talked a lot about Boyd and Macca, but it's literally like Boyd starting his sets off, 
and then Maka starting every playoff is the two slowest people in our team. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I know it doesn't matter what the result is in this game, unless we win by like unless we win by like forty. I won't be happy or impressed if you get me because one-off wins is not that problem, <laughs> you know. To, and like, unless it, just somehow this drastic change in Boyd, I won't be impressed. And you would just know it feels like one of those games that like it's going to be closer than it should be. Boyd's going to make two. He's going to step out of the way of two tackles or something. And then we're going to win the game because somebody scored like a forty-meter try at the end of the game. Like maybe Stags breaks the line, or maybe James Roberts breaks the line at the end. Who knows? You know, maybe something bad happens. Yeah, we get a controversial penalty for Marcus not square right in front. Yeah. By the way, mate, I think we're getting some of your computer noises, mate. We've got full notifications of sin. Do you get some notifications? No, they're yours. They're mine? I ain't got notifications. Well, we've got random <laughs> notifications, apparently. <laughs> My notifications don't sound like that. Well, I haven't got any notifications set up either, so I wonder what they're coming from. But you heard them too? Yeah, I heard them, but... Uh, there you go. Yeah, well, there you go no- people. Nothing's popped up here. I don't mate, know. <laughs> so it's, uh, that's it. Someone spied on us. You got to get into the hard Broncos info, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, it was disappointing to even see the reserves. I still saw you know Haas, Fenson, Roberts, Kenner. There wasn't even like there was anyone in there who could flirt with taking the position of the field of Boyd or Cody Nikarima. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if you need somebody in there really. Like when it happens, you just drop him. You put a psycho at one, and then bring in somebody onto the wing, like. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't need somebody in your twenty-one for three weeks leading up to dropping Boyd. No, I was more hoping so. Maybe there was a late change, but there's not going to be one on the short turnaround. Probably not going to be one Thursday. Maybe over next week. But yeah, I'm. Just, you know, maybe maybe James Roberts comes in for Shibasaki for stakes to the bench or other things that happen. It's like this team's driven me so far, then, mate. That like I'm actually not against Jack Bird to lock anymore. <laughs> Like, I'm not. Like, you know, he's played two 20-minute periods there, so two 10-minute periods there this season. And when when last year and before we signed him, I was really against it because he looked like a cat, if you get me. He wasn't playing physical. But I think that has more now to do with that sternum injury he was carrying than what than what he is because he has now, this year for us, like he's been very physical and he's, he's, and he's been in a play, you know, his guy's face and he's played in front of the ball often. And, you know, he's made a lot of tough runs, so maybe he could go in that in that position. And the only reason why I say I'm, I'm in kind of in favour is because I want to find a way to get Stags into the team. He seems to be too good to not be in this side. He, he, every time he plays, he he's amazing. Like, yeah, he's got to be in the side somewhere. He pulls something out of his ass every time he plays, eh? He's got this weird, like, strength for, the, for his size, like low centre of gravity, even though he's not short. But low centre gravity, runs strong, has a really good fend. It seems to just break tackles just easily. So, and he looks too good to not have him the side. And you're just like, mate, let's get him in there because other clubs have to be sniffing around him. It's a little bit different because um, he does it a fair bit further out from the line than Ben Hunt did does did mm. for us. But it reminded me like Ben Hunt would just score tries just off nothing, but you know, shoving a person or two off, and just had like a weird strength that you didn't like look at him and see but and yeah Staggs just seems like that to me like he just is stronger than he looks yeah it's a fair call as you said very different type of player but yeah have that strength that you wouldn't expect from their size and you saw it in this game where you just threw the Tron Mitchell off him like the Tron Mitchell jammed in on him to try and smash him and he just got thrown off you saw in last week's game so yeah I'd like to see a way to keep him in the side and as a 14 utility playing eight, seven, 8 to 10 minutes I think he just deserves more than that I don't know what role he can play. You know, maybe he can play some edge four, but I mean, we've got enough edges. 
as is. I've got a new play we could do. This could just like change our game plan, right? So we start every set in our own ten anyway. Mm. Just on the first, just kick the ball as far down the field as we can and just James Roberts chase it. I'm pro that. <laughs> Not <laughs> like, his Achilles is fucked, but yeah, I'm pro that. I mean, we're already giving them the ball for 90% of the game anyway, and the 10% we do, we don't do anything good with it. So we might as well just boot the ball as far as we can and just play, you know, see if we can James Robertson get onto one of them. 100%. 100%. Why not? Sounds good. And boot it before their wingers drop back. They, they, they like it. Yeah, just like first or second play. Yeah, that'll help we create space. And then eventually when they expect the kick, we can stop running the ball. <laughs> Yeah, because they'll have to keep three at the back at all times. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Oh, by the way, you asked me before we podcasted our record on Thursdays. So, um, oh, there's a question coming up here that there is. Well, they okay. asked for it. I'll wait for that then. I won't ruin it. I won't spoil the question this person asked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is one of the games. I just feel like we're just going to win it, jammily, you know, but not deserve to. And I don't think I'll be impressed by one of our wins until I said until we put a big score on, or until we keep a team to like under ten points. That's not the type, not the uh, Cowboys, because the Cowboys obviously look like busted asses without Tamalolo, as we can see now. Yeah, they really don't look good. Mm, I'm and interested I, though, to I see. Love it. Yeah, I'm interested to see though if our pack can actually turn up without Pangai, because a lot of the time last year we relied on his energy if he was in the team or not. So some guys, you know, Matt Lodge always seems to turn up, but there's some questions on other guys in this team if they'll step up without him leading the way. So we'll see. Yeah. And well, also, can McCulloch pass in front of one of the halves, like in front of them, like any time in the game? That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed that other hookers are trying that. You know, <laughs> something new. Um, yeah. Maybe we can show him some of that footage. Just Quite be like, nice. hey, here's an idea. Here's a, put it in front of them. Yeah, just... It's, we're so broken. Uh, it's so <laughs> I mean, basic, though. It is. It's kind of get the basic stuff right. And I just don't know how. Like, we used, these people used to like whinge about Seabold's going to come and fix our attack. It's like we never had a problem scoring points, but now it yeah, looks we extremely difficult. We look extremely <laughs> difficult when we try and score points, mate. We've bombed like seven tries in two weeks. It looks bloody tough to put that ball down if you're a Bronco. Um, but like. Okay, I've start, I've thought yeah maybe I should play rugby union, so I've been throwing some balls like against the fence, and even I can put it in front of the imaginary half in my backyard, mate. Like it's not hard, <laughs> not hard to do it like at least once a set, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you got any more thoughts in this match, but we should move on to the fan questions. I mean, yeah, we got we got no thoughts here, do we? No, I don't. We'll probably have some discussion on some of these. So, yeah. Uh, from Bobby, he said, "Why is Boyd still at fullback?" <laughs> Very valid question. Ah, uh, for Ronald. Ronald says, "Give the captaincy to someone else, like Lexi Macca or Gillette. Get rid of Boyd." Yeah, I, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't, actually, yeah, you guys too many. I don't. I don't really want any of them to be captain. Give make Carrigan the captain for all I care. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things we address even last year is that we think there's a leadership void in this team and it's just obvious. It just is. It's even even without the guys with the captaincy, there's no one chatting, talking on the field when we're down. And I understand it's hard to talk when you're down and fatigued, but that's when you're supposed to. That's when you need it the most. Someone to step up and lead and we haven't really got that. So take it off Boyd, yeah, but I still don't even know who you'd give it to. Honestly, how much should we have just kept Benji Marshall? Oh, mate, don't start me, rabbits. <laughs> don't start me. Like, you know, it's like maybe 
give the captaincy to Gillett, even though I don't really rate him like that. But because, you know, Glenn's not, probably not going to be here next year. And I don't think McCulloch should be the captain either. So, I don't know. Oh, make TPJ the captain. He'll he'll get the Why boys not? fired up. <laughs> Why not? Uh, from Thomas. I struggle to understand what Seb's plan is here. Maybe he thinks the population is too high in Brizzy, so there's a way to get a few of us to nick <laughs> ourselves after a few more weeks of Boyd and Nico. Decongested roads a bit, or his plan is to make sure none of his boys get picked for Origin and then pick the right team and win every game after for the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Nick Ramos is sitting there and holding the seat warm for Tom Dearden. I don't know. Maybe Nick Ramos just got like compromising pictures of like whatever coaches in the football team. Mm. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Andrew said, I've jumped on the anti-Boyd Macca Nicarima train. I'm done being patient. I still support this club, but it's frustrating right now. Yeah, I can I can live with the McCulloch Nicarima hybrid still though. I can live with that. 50 minutes to 60 minutes of McCulloch and Hooker, the rest of it Nicarima. I'm perfectly fine with that. It's Macca really falls to shit with fatigue these days. Yeah, people are just, it's the 80, 80, 80 minutes for all three of those. Like, yeah. if, you're changing it up a bit. People are probably happy. Agreed. Uh, from Jardy said, someone please make a Sarko and Oates accountable for handling errors. Combined, there won't be less than six a game this season. A ga- oh, every game? Well, mate, it's, <laughs> it's a fair effort to, to pull out that off every game. I mean, surely we didn't drop that many any other game by this week. Surely. I mean, let me quickly check that. I know a Sarko had a few last game, but I mean... <sighs> A lot of them aren't on them, on them, you know? Like, the ones that Boyd... Sorry, that Boyd threw to Oates, which is that one pass Oates ran about 20 metres and just whacked with his hands, was examples of Bo- uh, Oates' error, or the time when Oates tried to catch a ball behind him that Boyd threw. It's also an Oates' error. Like, you can't really blame him for that. <laughs> yeah. I th- Boyd going off at Oates probably annoyed me more than anything apart from Boyd's other fullback play mm-hmm. this week. Like... You can't be throwing passes like that and then going, like, yelling at the only person doing your job. Yeah, 100%. Well, there you go. So, round two, we only had two errors combined. One from each. One from Oates, one from Osako. And Winger's going to make errors, mate, because you're going to remember, errors count, like, stepping into touch is an error. So, you get tackled in the touch, trying to score a try, it's an error. Ringers are always going to have high error rates, even good ones. That's just how it works. Radio from Scott, he said, if nothing else you fear about tries from kicks were unfounded, what do you really... What... What, what you really should... Sorry, I couldn't read that. No. What you really should have been concerned about was East waltzing over the try line rep- repeatedly for fun and what looked like an uncontested training drill. Hey, our try from um, kick thing was, was, wasn't unfounded. <laughs> they scored three of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you ever figure out what our Thursday night record is? I did. So since the start of 2017 that I've only gone back to... We are eight wins and ten losses, which is which is not crash hot. But thir- Friday nights, thirteen wins and six losses. Yeah, that's the stuff. Take us back that's to Fridays. Uh, from Dean, he said, "How long do we stick with the halves that are not halves that they've had a year and are still not good enough? Is enough? Other teams are laughing. They are good players playing out of position. I mean, Nicarima would probably go and be a six somewhere else." He has got a running game, which was the right kind of half. He probably could, but the combination is terrible. And, I mean, in terms of how long they've been there together now, you're right. It's been, you know, started last year, but also half of the year before. Like, pretty much most of 2017, that was the halves combo as well, because you remember Ben Hunt was in and out, and then McCulloch got injured, so Hunt played hooker. 
There's been enough time there to figure it out, and Nicaragua still embarrasses us on a weekly basis with his kicking. <laughs> like, even that is at its core. And the way it just seems to make... it, No matter what, having both those guys defend on the edges, it seems like if someone ha- hits our edge pr- correctly, our defence will open up and then won't recompress in the middle when they go back to the middle because they're so used to covering for the edges, if you get me. So just, yeah. It needs to be split up. I 100% agree with that, but... You know, I don't... Th- you know, Nick Rambo called it could be a six elsewhere, and Milford is a six. Yeah. Um, from Jamie, he said, I'm finally done with Boyd. Now that I've said that, he'll probably have a blinder. Um, uh, lastly, on Facebook from David, he said, can someone please explain why we pay Milford a million dollars a season and he doesn't do the job he's paid for? His outside men don't know if he's running the ball or kicking. I don't think he even knows. That's not helping our line speed in attack. Boyd doesn't run the ball with any speed, also looks injured or scared. Perhaps he could move to the wing for a Sarko. Okay, well, line speed in attack isn't, isn't a thing. <laughs> I don't know where you've got that from, but it's not. But, um, look, we, if we aren't paying him a million dollars, someone else would be. That's just the plain, cold, hard truth. I mean, I guess not so much line speed, but, like, just actual speed of our attack. Like, it does look pretty slow most it of does, the time but, mate, I agree with that our attack does look slow and, and Milford isn't going to the line enough but you know these these things happen when your whole team's not going if you're not running the ruck you're not winning anything you're not going to play fast and we've got too much shit trying to set up Darius Boyd's way play still on that left hand side I agree Milford isn't playing well but it's a symptom of how the team's playing like name me that one, that halfback you can point in any team or half you can go and the team's getting smashed or losing on a weekly basis and you go yeah that half's playing well doesn't happen. Um, like you said, also, like somebody else would have signed him. The Storm wanted to sign him for a million dollars or so. Cam Smith was ringing him up. Like, in, yeah. like we said before with Raleigh Jacks, like if the Storm aren't going to re sign somebody on a minimum contract, they're probably pretty bad. Yeah. If they want to sign someone on a million dollars a year, they're probably pretty good. Yeah, I mean, people have gone way too far. I'm thinking Milford's terrible. I agree he's underperforming currently, but he also is not in the right situation. And, like, if we paid him a million dollars and expected for some reason that paycheck was going to change him from who he is to a different player completely, who's that on? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, you think the million dollar paycheck was going to turn him into a, a half that steers people around the pitch and kicks to the corners and is a vocal leader and plays first receiver and all that kind of crap. It's just not going to happen. Whilst his kicking game has improved out of sight, and it really has, and whilst he can still do some other stuff, he's not really a first receiver... And he's not... We've seen it enough now to know that he's not going to be the vocal guy to steer you around the pitch. And that's just dumb to pay him and think he's going to be that man. I don't think, any, I don't think anyone would have thought he could be that player. Like, I also... I doubt he's out there making football decisions based on, th- like, remembering what his paycheck is that week. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, he's paid what he's worth, mate. Anyone else would have paid him. I mean, again, people whinge about the contracts in NRL. But if you go... Just... If you go have a look at what... I know none of them are real anyway. None of the values are real anyway. But guys like Matt Moylan apparently on 900k a year. You know, Angus Crichton's on a million a year apparently. It's like, unfortunately players are worth a million dollars now. Good players are. And Moylan isn't even, isn't even one of them. People have to get past that million dollar barrier in their head. It's like once people became the million dollar man, people now start to understand that everyone's overpaid at that point it feels like in fans' heads, hey. Yeah. Um, I think part of it's just like we watched for ages with a smaller salary cap that a million dollars was a much bigger thing but now you got 10 million in the cap or whatever like it's just not quite the same yeah well a comparable cap management for example for me if you compare it to the NFL right the NFL has a roster of 55 people when you've trimmed it down and a cap of about 180 million dollars and in that sport you only play one side of the ball 
But in that sport, they will pay a quarterback or a good edge rusher or, you know, a dominant cornerback, you know, 10 to 15% of that salary cap, they'll pay them, which is, you know, 20, 15 to 20 million. They'll pay those players, they will. So, and people are saying then over in rugby league, where a good player plays both sides of the ball, stays on the field the whole time, is in a smaller squad. There's only 13 on the field, not 22 starters, there's 13 starters. You don't think your best players are worth 10% of that cap? Yeah. They are. I mean, it's just that simple. <laughs> Milford's worth yeah. that much money in the NRL. Like, obviously, Milford's not Cooper Cronk, but look at the Roosters signed Cooper Cronk and first year they win a premiership. Like, you pay good players and you don't end up with Mitchell Pearce in your halfback. You don't. And, like, it just, we've said it before, you know, you see other players, you know, across the league. Shannon Boyd's on 600k. You know, Ash Taylor's on a million. Matt Moylan's on 900k. David Clemens on 850, apparently. Darius Boyd's apparently on 750 to 800. Michael Jennings on 800k. Josh Reynolds, 750. Jack White in 750. Will Chambers, 700. You don't think. Might Milford might be worth more than a couple of those players. I mean, Jack Whiten's on that, and he can't even play fullback or five eight. Yeah, exactly. Like this is just it. Like, and, and Kieran Thorne's on a million bucks still. Like we don't know yeah. the contract values anyway. Though, so all those are inaccurate. But those are the reported salaries. Like the Milford report a million dollars, and that's just what what the salary cap is now. If you want to keep a good a good half, good to great half, you pay them. Moses Embai is on near that money too, and like you wouldn't feed Moses Embai some weeks. Uh, yeah, I think we all get the point, so... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're wrapping me uh, up. <laughs> I was done. Yeah, yeah I just, yeah. You've had enough, mate. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about Milford forever, but there's another 15 questions here, so... Uh, DT Owens, 98. I think Dearden starts next season at halfback for us, and we're just trying to get through this season until we have a legitimate halfback. God, we, uh... Are we becoming, becoming Liverpool... Next well, year's our well, year. It's next year. What annoys me so much, like, not, uh, like, just about that thought in general, like, is that was where we were a year ago? Yeah. It was like, Nicarim is our halfback for this year. We'll have some fun. We'll blow some teams out. We'll get beaten some other weeks. And next year, we'll have a better halfback. Yeah. And now yeah. it's just where we are again. Yeah. Kick the can down the road, mate. It'll be the year after that then. And then the year after, we'll solve it. Uh, Mr. Underscore S Triple Eight. I'm sure you've spent the pod ranting and raving as we all want and need. Are there any Easter tra- any Easter traditions you boys have after options instead of punishing myself with watching another abysmal performance Easter Sunday? Um, not going to church. There's mine. <laughs> I haven't got any made of you. I had an Easter tradition for one year. Um, <laughs> lasted a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, I went down to a Good Friday game for the Broncos like two years, three years back or whatever. It was amazing and I was like man I'm going to do this every year it's going to be like my tradition <laughs> Easter long weekend in Brisbane and I've not been back on that weekend yeah uh, uh, yeah mate, um, for me well we're playing on Easter Sunday down in Canberra and I'm tossing up driving down but it's like it's just it's you know three or four hours for me and I know I'm dedicated to the Broncos but it's like do I want to be doing that drive solo on a Sunday <laughs> I was going to say get Campo to go with you, but then one of you won't be happy coming back. <laughs> yeah, the drive back would be interesting. Well, I went down there with him when they lost to Penrith a couple of years ago, one of the games they blew against Penrith. And yeah, that was, was not that great. Was that really after. bad one they blew? 
Yeah, one of the many. They've blown, like, blown yeah. plenty of bad ones to Penrith, but, <laughs> yeah, but one of the two bad ones you can think of. This is the one that Dave Taylor scored a try and it looked like the match winner and they still lost. <laughs> um, get Harry to go. Harry will go for a drive to see some rugby league. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And also, it's one of those things. It's, do I want to drive on Easter as well? You know, is there a traffic? I've got to look it all up. Uh, Billy Ace just wants us to spend five minutes defending Milford or something, but... We do that on a weekly basis. Yeah, we've done that enough. Yeah. Uh, from, well, King Wally, but he's changed his name. Wally so, Corleone. Yeah, I can't read that word. <laughs> uh, he's asking for our thoughts on Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more of a Yale guy at the moment. Uh, Corey Goats, he said, who's more of a liability, Reek from Game of Thrones or Darius Boyd? Well, that's a hard one. <laughs> like, oh, I do man. hate Reek. I've always hated Reek in Game of Thrones, even before he got his balls cut off. I, I do hate Reek, but I think if he was in the Broncos, we could just like tell him to go sit in the corner, and Corey Oates could play fullback, and we just wouldn't have a winger. Like I think yeah. we'd be fine. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, from never underscore trendy underscore, do you think the Lions can go four in a row? Uh, I don't know anyone, anything about AFL, but yes. <laughs> I did a I did a rage multi this weekend, mate. After the Broncos lost, I just went and put twenty bucks on the Reds into the Lions. Mate, good win. <laughs> uh, I actually watched the uh, extended highlights on KO for the Reds. That's Did as much juniors I've seen in about three years. It was in the corner screen of the pub I was at watching the rugby league, so that that happened. But uh, but I did not watch either of those games. And for some reason, I th- when I looked up the line score when I was drunk, I thought the Lions lost. So I didn't know I'd won this money till uh, last night. That's a good surprise. <laughs> uh, from AR Longy, I have nothing but despair in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me something to be hopeful for. Godspeed. <laughs> uh, look, when you go to bed, the next day always starts. You wake up, new day. I don't know. That's quite deep. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, we're getting pretty. The Broncos fans are getting pretty existential at the moment, aren't we? Maybe this is how religions start. Okay, are you saying we're going to start the cult of Wayne? Because I've already got the books ready. <laughs> <laughs> I've already started the key writings. <laughs> uh, we just uh, transcribe it onto some old parchments and go from there. <laughs> yeah, we'll say we found it. What is that Mormon thing? We just dug it up and found it somewhere? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I forget. Know. I forget. Uh, Butsy Triple Eight. Uh, he says, 30 seconds left, penalty right in front. Hassan lines up the two, hits the corner post. Game ends, Tigers 28, Broncos 10. <laughs> What's the last time the Tigers had the best one, seven and nine in this clash? Uh, I pulled that up. They've actually had some pretty busted ones against us. We've, we played uh, against... Uh, last two, two of the last two times we played them, we played against Jordan Rankins, luckily. But the last time you'd say they had a better spine than us was back in 2010 during the origin period, and it was Josh Hoffman, Corey Norman, Peter Wallace, and McCulloch against Wade McKinnon, who's better than Hoffman, uh, Chris Lawrence, which doesn't really count. He didn't ask about the six. Uh, Benji, who's better than Peter Wallace, and then Farrow, who's better than McCulloch at that time. So, been a while for the, the, for the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, from Denny Boy, 1995, he said, if we take an L, who's more likely to get pissed and pass out, Roberts or Billy Ace, 99? Mate. Well, they've both got, they've both got a, a record for it, don't they? They both love it. Both had to be carried home. They did. I'm going to say Billy, though, because uh, Roberts is supposed to be going to be a good boy this week, hey? Back on the <laughs> Roberts rehab. Is, 
Roberts is going to have one of those minders that the Cowboys have, like watching yeah. over him. <laughs> uh, Aaron J. Rose. Is Darbs going to be the Sean Marsh of our season and the thorn in our side? Does something half good only in situations where it means sweet FA and that will be enough to maintain his spot all effing year? Uh, it's an apt comparison, but he'll maintain it because of who he is more so anyway. But you will have those occasional flashes at the false hopes that you'll think, oh, maybe he's back. But yeah, I agree with the general, general gist of that take that he's going to be a bit of a handbrake as long as he's in the side. So you're saying he'll maintain it because of who he is, not because of who his uncle is? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, Budsy Triple Eight back again. He said, "Have you got any updates on Parisi and Herbie are uh, faring in Q Cup?" I can give you some updates. Sure, uh, Parisi is not going as good as you'd, you'd expect, I guess, in terms of attacking statistics or output. Like he's not blowing games open or not. You know, he's not making. But I've watched watched some of his highlights and some of his ball runs, and he's certainly carting the ball bloody hard and often. So he looks like a likely customer. He looks better than everyone else he's playing against, if you get me. He's got more filled out, more nuggety build. Uh, for example, on the weekend, he had, I think he had like 150 metres or so working out of his end. What did he have? Yeah, 170 metres in that game, 140 the week before. Uh, but he's obviously learning the game as he's there. But he's one of those guys that every time he gets the ball, it looks like something's going to happen, even though nothing has yet. And that's for Herbie Farnworth. Herbie's doing quite well as well out on the Norse Devils ring, wing. Uh, he... He's in, you know, the, the North, North Devils are going pretty well this year. Uh, they've just seen, to, they're, well, they're three and two, but they're seen to some get weeks to just have things click, if you get me. I mean, I like uh, Herbie himself. He's opposite winger Paul Allberg. He's also playing quite well. But uh, Herbie is one of those guys, again, gets he gets the ball, uh, oh, not gets the ball. It looks above the level, sorry, he's playing at. And uh, he's he's goal kicking now too, which is good. We need more goal kickers apparently. And uh, he scored twelve points at the weekend. But watching him playing, he always looks like a standout on the pitch. If you get me another guy again, get when he gets the ball, he looks more looks likely to score. Uh, he's played every game for them this year so far. Well, no, he hasn't. What I'm saying is he played two games for them. Oh, idiot! <laughs> but I've been um, I've been been impressed with what he's done. Has he played two games? I think he's played every game. I don't know. Anyway, what I've watched... Yeah, he's, he's, he's played between good. two and every game. He has. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan was back this week, though, and uh, he looked good. So he didn't do anything amazing either, but we don't need a seven does amazing things. So in this game, I've watched his, what he's done as well, and it's a lot of, like... All I saw that I was impressed by was like a lot of pointing behind the ruck. And what would you do for someone at the Broncos to be behind the ruck pointing at people to do things? You mean someone that's not Alfie Langer? Yeah, exactly. Like a player. So a lot of that. And then a lot of um, nifty kicks. There's a, there's a few downfield kicks that are just not, not like he's hooved it downfield, but a lot of like, you know those kicks halves will do that like low into the corner, make sure they pull up five short, but like just a nice little kick, you know, from 40 out. Instead of putting midfield bomb up, we did a lot of those kicks into the corners. And then also a couple of nice attacking kicks that didn't go dead, which was interesting. Uh, so Hang you, you on. look. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, how about that? Uh, he forced a couple of dropouts. He also had a kick that... He had this chip he did that he chipped like at the post. And it didn't hit the post, but like, shockingly, when it bounced, it didn't just go 100 metres dead. It bounced back in field. So, yeah, he um he, he, he looks... He only played his second game there, but he, again, just looks like the, the kind of half we want to play, but I don't know if he's going to play him or not. I mean... Mate, I can't wait till we can master this passing in front of our halves and not kicking it out thing. Yeah, I know. 
I know, mate. But I reckon Sean's got the message. If I just go out there and I just point at things, I'm going to look like the half the Broncos need. I mean, he's got to be so optimistic watching the Broncos every week. Like, like that is my job. <laughs> like that is one my more job. good game, and I'm there. That is it. That's exactly right. But um, yeah, I think Parisi is a more of a long term project kind of thing. I am very curious about. There's obviously a plan there. They didn't bring a guy from Union to to not use him. If you get me. But, uh, you know, there's there's not really any spots in our side currently. So it doesn't make me wonder, is there other plans with the future of Oates or Roberts or similar? I don't know. But, yeah. What do I know? Yeah, Nothing. It, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they like they got this guy cheaper and they're like, we can move Oates on and not have to worry about that. Like, obviously, we all want Oates, but it just wouldn't surprise me with how it's gone so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, righto GM Walker underscore he said if Cody could kick a bomb in the general direction he intended he knew to not grub a 15 metres over the dead ball line and wasn't a total liability in defence would he sneak into the top 16 NRL halfbacks <laughs> yes he might just sneak in there the bombs man kill me uh, um, very Mitchell Pierce. Uh, Matthew A. Blake when are people in terrible form going to be dropped and how long are we going to continue this horrendous spine? I don't know, man. It's one of those things, you can, how long can you preach patience for? Yeah, I'm over it. You know, I don't think they could run out like this for three more games, for example. I don't think that, that if we lost like two of our next three or three of our next three, something would change. Uh, lastly here from Fatboy95 underscore, when do we start calling for Harvard's and White's head? <laughs> well, we've been calling for Paul Whitehead for a long time, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, it, it'll be like with Pen, uh, Phil Gould, and then Penrith. People like he kept changing coaches and doing this and that, and then eventually got to a point where people were like, "Hang on, you've been here now quite a while and haven't won, so like this is on you at this point." And surely Paul White's not far away from that. Yeah, I mean. Um, they've handled the club over to Isaac Moses for Christ's sake <laughs> like we mentioned this last year there was a what there's 11 players who's now on this on his website but I think Gordon Talisser this week there's 18 players at the Broncos that are managed by him plus the recruitment manager and and the head coach and there's no way you slice that it is not good with any player agent no matter who it is to have that many players at one club that's not good for the club it is yeah, is Paul White managed by Isaac Moses? Because there's an opportunity for him too. We can get somebody else in there. <laughs> Someone managed know. by Moses. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, probably. I don't know if CEOs get managed by someone, but why not? <laughs> I'll make that up. Oh, we can't hurt. Let's bump that up to 21. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any more questions? Nah, that's it. Yeah, uh, well, um, what a depressing podcast that was. Oh, that's the longest one we've done in ages, too. Yeah, I know. We thought we, before we did it, oh, quick, a nice quick one. Never is. I whinge too much. Even you'll give me the wrap-up, mate. <laughs> I'm just here falling asleep. i got to ne- start at like five in the morning. I need this for my pain, to my, my therapy. <laughs> well, usually it does work pretty good therapy-wise, but I'm still mad at Darius Boyd, so it hasn't worked this time. It hasn't worked at all. Oh well, maybe I should just mate. Even my Q Cup teams are in terribly. I can't even get get solace in the in the in the Magpies, mate. They got one win. Yeah, I'll see. And 
I'll forget about it too for a while, Darius Boyd, and then I'll see Benny DTD on Twitter still talking about it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Darius Boyd. Oh, yeah, Darius Boyd exists. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was bliss for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that's us then. Yeah, we'll, uh, right, catches. See you later, everybody. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.